0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.
1: The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports.
2: Good morning, and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. as usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you?
3: Good, Wally. How are you? Tough drive this morning, <laughs> I'll tell you. An hour and 25 minutes to, uh, to, to uh, the station.
2: To all our... Uh Loyal listeners, if you're about to hit the road, uh, Naz and I, uh, we're pretty experienced in driving into uh, downtown Toronto from the nether regions of uh, York Region on Sunday mornings, and it was a pretty uh, interesting drive this morning, let's just put it that way. So if you're headed out, please be careful, slow down. Um, I'm constantly amazed, Naz, uh, and driving down the DVP this morning, I know you're going down the 427. Um, you you can barely you can't even see the road markings the salters and the the uh, the uh, snow infantry uh, haven't haven't had an opportunity to clear it all off yet so you can't even see your lane markings because it's all ice and snow and uh, you know i'm 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 my you know my 62 year old zoomer i'm driving down and uh, taking my time and driving like a little old man and uh, 60 70 kilometers an hour and i'm constantly amazed uh, drivers driving past me at 120 kilometers an hour on on a morning like this morning. I says, you know what? I, I don't get it. Just people just do. Those not. are the
3: people that get into accidents. Well, so I, well.
2: you know, I passed about uh, at least two two multi vehicle accidents this morning on the DVP. Had a couple of situations where a guy spun out and did one eighties, and as I'm driving, they're on the shoulders and their headlights are looking at me <laughs> as I'm going wow. as I'm going past them. So uh, let's get on to sports. But if you're if you're headed out, if you have to get out there, uh, slow down. Uh, leave leave room. Uh, if you think you're going to drive at 120, 130 kilometers an hour, um, it's probably not a great idea. Let's just put it that For way. For sure. Uh, anyways, Nez, uh let's start off with Leaf Talk. Uh did ha- ha- last ha- night. They
3: didn't play. They didn't it play was...
2: last night. They played Friday night. I felt night. empty last night. <laughs> to, I guess you're watching the Raptors, I guess. Uh, but uh, let's, you know, it's, uh, Leafs have been in a tough little stretch lately. They had a they had a um, a week that was uh, you know uh, not a great performance against Colorado. Uh, a good performance against the team, the best team in the league, in their own barn, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And beat them. Beat them. Uh, second time they've been down in Tampa and they've outplayed them. Uh, this time they got the result thanks to Freddie Anderson. Uh, and Friday night at a game that I happened to be at, uh, it was a lot warmer down there, um, uh, Leafs looked brutal. It was just – it was uh, – started, It started it, well. It, it, yeah. uh, it was – It was just a frustrating hockey game to watch if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Uh, It's called the BB&T Center down there in Sunrise, Florida. It's next to that big... uh, The mall. The big mall, the Sawgrass Mills. Um, And there was... I mean... I'd say at least 60 to 70% of the people in there were wearing blue and white sweaters. And, you know, we're just waiting for a moment to explode. We got one at the beginning of the game and the rest of the game was a write off. They just brought no energy, brought no passion to that particular game. And, and as I said last week, Naz, and in previous weeks, I don't like to, uh, evaluate a season based on one bad performance. Um, uh you got to sort of look at the totality of the situation um but there there's some there's some storm clouds here that uh perhaps uh, we should be a little bit worried about Naz, uh, your your perceptions
3: I think they've uh they really proved themselves against Tampa Bay the other night and how they can compete. And I think it's all a matter of the, this is it goes in streaks Wally. Things go in streaks and the least have had a bad spell and they'll they'll bounce back and have a, game, a a 10 game segment that they'll go 8 and 2 and that's what's going to happen.
2: Well, it yeah. better happen pretty
3: soon. Well, it's, <laughs> it's going to start tonight against Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. We hope. Yeah, I think we it hope. Would, I think it will.
2: Uh, they better bring it tonight and then they've got a big game against Washington and then they got the All-Star break. Um Picked up the paper, the Toronto Sun, this morning. Looked at the standings. Uh, obviously, uh, Tampa's going to finish first. Uh, that's pretty indisputable from what I They'd have to have a major collapse not, for that not to happen. Uh, but there's seven teams, seven teams that the Leafs are competing against in the uh, whatever they call these divisions nowadays. The Atlantic. Eastern. No, is it the Atlantic? What's, what are they called The division State?
3: they're in is the Atlantic, and the f- top three teams yeah, But make when it. they
2: put the Atlantic, is Eastern it? Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I, sometimes I get the Campbell and Smythe still in Norris in my mind. I, I haven't recovered in from that In those days, you made the
3: playoffs <laughs> with 53 <laughs> points. Remember well, that, that <laughs>
2: doesn't happen anymore. But there's seven teams, and the Leafs are in the group of this, that have between 58 and 60 points. Seven. Um, but if you look at it, at least have games in hand. Yeah, all but forget teams. about this games in hand thing. So you got you see you got two games in hand. You know some some have three. Yeah, yeah Montreal it, is it's three. better. Let's put it to uh, I'll put it to you this way, Naz. It's a good point. It's better to have games in hand than not have them. But if you're not firing. On all cylinders, uh, your games in hand aren't going to be uh, worth all that much. Uh, Here's the stat. We all got excited. Leafs won 20 of their first 28 games. Uh, That was a pretty impressive start. They've been second overall for most of the season. Uh, First overall for a small... One game. One or two games, whatever. But basically, they've been second overall for most of the season. And now... uh, uh, I think they're about fifth or sixth in that range, and they're fighting with seven teams in the Eastern Conference that are between two games of each other. Uh, they can't afford too many more performances like the that like, uh, the, like they seemed, had against it, it, Florida. And they they uh, Do you not get the sense that we're not um, we're not firing on all cylinders?
3: But that happens. Austin to,
2: Matthews has got one goal, teams goal teams in Wally. ten games. In Wally, Twelve that, games. Wally,
3: that happens to every team in the league. They go through through a spell, right? Tampa Bay is going to go through it too, believe it or not. Even though they're, they look uh, unbeatable, they're going to go through it too. They're going to go through that spell also. And uh, I'm not worried about it really. This week, if you would have told me that uh, they beat Tampa Bay the night, I would say they would sweep Florida, but they didn't. And Florida Florida played a pretty good game.
2: Against
3: the least, no, and they won last night. Florida won again last night, and they're only four points out of a playoff spot. So you never know.
2: Yeah, no, no, well, uh, uh, that's a good. Uh, it's a good argument, but if you're a team that, um, that wants to move to the next level, you've you've got you've got a. It wasn't so much that they lost the game, Naz. They had no zip. There was no. There's, there's no, no zip energy. On, yeah,
3: Friday uh, sure. The
2: only guy who seemed to be pushing and he, he seems to the only leaf that brings it almost every single game is it's Mitch Marner he was, the only, he was the only guy out there that... Uh,
3: Kapanen brings it, Yeah, Capitan.
2: I agree. You know, I actually was kind of impressed with Kapanen because he actually, for a little guy, he was, thro- you he was, he was trying to throw Tampa his body. Did you see against Tampa Bay go around yeah. those
3: defensemen? Yeah. He went around Girardi three times, like he was uh, not even there.
2: And and the interesting thing about Kapanen in, in Friday night's game, we were sitting down um, behind Longo for, for two of the periods, and uh, Kapanen was throwing his weight around against uh, some of the Florida defensemen, some of whom were... About twice his size so i, I kind of like his his energy and his and his commitment and uh, the kid uh,
3: can skate
2: though Oh, no question and unfortunately uh, didn't seem to didn't seem to bring uh inspiration out of the rest of his teammates uh he looked like he would have been a spark uh could have been a spark uh but it, uh didn't happen didn't happen There's one particular Leaf defenseman, one particular Toronto Maple Leaf. uh, well, um, well, Well, we've got about a minute and a half before break, and we may have to pick up this conversation. Leaf fans are turning on... Jake Gardner, Naz, and that happened as a result of a play that happened Monday night against Colorado. He got which
3: up. Mitch Barner gave up the puck at yeah. the blue line, uh, and Anderson didn't make the save on that play either. Yeah. And, okay, so Jake Gardner should be blamed somewhat, but not the whole thing.
2: Uh, you know what? He made a mistake, and you know, and, it, and and I'm not so sure they're booing. They were booing him. Um, Jake Gardner is a very polarizing figure uh, for Leaf fans. There are – I'd say Leaf fans are probably split 50-50 when it comes to the Jake Gardner analysis. Uh, There's, of course, the camp uh, that will not forgive him um, his sins from last year's Game 7 against Boston. And I wouldn't say looking for excuses, but looking to add to that body of evidence uh, that Jake Gardner, uh, you know, is – uh, I don't know what the right, the right term is, but he's not a fan favorite amongst, let's say, half of the Leaf fan base. And then there's the analytics guys who look, and and probably Mike Babcock seems to be a big Jake guard. He has the puck all the time. Uh, his puck possession numbers are uh, very good. His plus-minus... Skyrocket, is, is, you know, and you know we the, the 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 big stat over the course of history has always been plus minus, and Jake Gardner's stats in the plus minus plus category or something are like pretty good over the last three years. Uh, it's just that he's, and we've said it on the show before, he's high risk and he's high reward. Uh, he's got tremendous skating skills, great stretch pass, great stretch pass. Uh, great. He, he, he ticks off all the analytics boxes, all the stats boxes, but then he makes, um, I guess, the wrong mistake at the wrong time, and he seems to have become uh, the this- guy that people want to jump on, Um you know, it's it's be you know and they they bring the analogy of Larry Murphy into the picture. You know, yeah,
3: they can't compare him. To I them. mean, Larry Murphy's Larry a Hall Murray's of Fame hall defenseman,
2: of fame, right? four Stanley Cups. Uh, so you know, but Larry Murphy got booed in Toronto, which I thought was ridiculous at the time. I mean, you know, uh, we weren't on the air at the time, Nas. Dion Phaneuf you know, got booed too. Dion Phaneuf got booed. It's like when the team isn't meeting. Brian McCabe
3: got booed. Yeah. All these defensemen. So what lines. is
2: it? What is it with the uh, what is it with Leaf fans? We got to pick on somebody. I think every this now and has then.
3: been brewing for the last couple of years with Jake Gardner. There's been a negativity towards him by certain people. You can see on the uh, on the, on this different sites how many people don't like Jake Gardner because he, he his does.
2: mistakes are so blatant. I mean, it, there's you know, it, I mean, I'm I, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, but you I, know I, what, I'm, I'm going to be fair to Jake Gardner. Yeah. You know. Um, um, He's he's the number two defenseman on this team, you know the other for guy for sure. Him and him and him he's the number two defenseman on this team. Um, his numbers are good, he, um, skating ability beyond belief. Offensively gifted. Um, at time ty- at times, let's be fair. At times, Naz, when you look at his decision making, um, you just shake your head sometimes.
3: His decision making offensively is As, not uh, not, yeah, not in question. I'm, I'm right?
2: talking there's no, there's no there's no criticism of Jake Gardner's offensive abilities or his offensive stats or um, um, from that point of the game. His defensive decision making at times. Uh, to be, choose my words carefully, probably leaves something to be desired. Am I off base? Uh,
3: no, you're not off base. It, uh, his shortcomings are in his own end, for sure. But I think if uh, you're up 20, plus twenty 24 when he's on the ice, I think you'd rather have him out there than not, right?
2: Absolutely. And, and the other reality is, and we've got to go to break, um, uh, this team, as it's presently constituted, uh, needs Jake Gardner. And there's no replacement for him. Uh, that's the blunt reality. Um, so um, hopefully, we, you know, hopefully, he, uh, the, you know, the boo birds and he doesn't get booed because that's a cycle that's, you know, once that cycle starts, it's difficult to, to get stop. out of. Hard it's hard to hard stop. To stop. Yeah. Um, I don't think it accomplishes anything. You know, the booing isn't going to improve his game. Uh, certainly, you don't want to get it to a point where you know he's he's handling the puck out there and people are booing. And you know, I know hockey players are professional athletes, are getting paid a lot of money, and they're supposed to tune that out. Uh, you can get paid as much money as you want, and you can be as professional as you want, but you know, when he puts his pant, when he zips up his pants in the morning, he's still a human being, and nobody likes to be booed or criticized in their place of employment. So uh, hopefully he does something special today. Couple of things special. The, the fans uh, get back on the bandwagon because this team cannot be successful unless, as it's currently constituted, uh, without Jake Gardner being an important part of it.
3: The rumor has it that they're really searching for a defenseman, and something's going to happen pretty soon. So, well, let's let's see what happens.
2: Anyways, it's uh, NFL, uh, some big NFL games today, Naz, and uh, it's uh, conference championships. We've got the Saints and the Rams and the Patriots and the Chiefs, yeah, the old and the, the new, the old against—if uh, you want to call forty old—for uh, me, forty is a youngster. But I guess in professional football, they're considered a—they'd be considered zoomer football players. Uh, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's, all eyes today seem to be on Tom Brady and Drew Brees. How
3: does New England do it? You think they're done and they're not done? Well,
2: we, we're gonna—I think we're gonna try and answer that question because as soon as we come back from break, we've got Eddie Andelman the godfather of sports radio. Eddie Andelman, uh, uh, longtime sports talk show host in the Boston market, uh, host of the Sports Huddle, uh, the quotation marks greatest sports talk radio show in history. And uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie will be joining us shortly and we'll be talking all things New England and all things Boston. We'll be right back.
0: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville decreed everyone can now be Italian, at least for an hour. When you order a Pizzaville office lunch, your staff will enjoy authentic Italian pizza and more, from just $7 per person. That's not much to turn William into Guillermo, Tracy into Teresa, and Stan into... Well, maybe he won't be in that day.
1: Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian.
0: This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and in Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all star performer for well over a decade. Visit Alta or better yet, drop by the number seven auto mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
1: From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on
2: Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, live video streaming, radio. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazanwali Sports Hour, the godfather of sports radio, New England's own Eddie Endelman. Eddie, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, fellas.
4: How are you doing?
2: We're cold, Eddie. We're cold. It's freezing cold up here in Toronto. I know how warm it is down where you are. and uh, uh, So uh, just to give you a little note about our weather conditions, you're lucky where you are, but uh, Eddie... uh, uh, it's a big day today, and of course, uh, some people didn't think the Patriots would make it this far this year. Right, quite frankly, Eddie, uh, are you surprised they're in the uh, AFC Championship?
4: Well, you're not going to believe this, but uh, fabulous, Judy, my wife of almost 50 years uh, I've got tickets to the Patti LaBelle show, and I <laughs> took her what if, the, what if the Patriots, uh, you know, uh, get to the finals? She said, oh, don't worry about that. So in the meantime, I'm only going to be able to see the first half tonight. Uh, but I'm so confident that I don't have – I'm waiting for the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to get in. Uh,
2: you To break it down for us, Eddie, a lot of people have been uh, – I know that you're uh, obviously a, a big New England uh, supporter, uh but uh, uh, you've uh, uh, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Uh, but the Patriots—they um, don't have a deep threat. Uh, it's almost like how do they do it? How does how do Belichick and Brady do it? I mean, I look at I, I look at their receiving core. I'm talking about this year, not not years past. Uh, right. But you know, they don't seem to be. Able to, you know, Brady's really not throwing the ball downfield at all anymore. Well, how how are they how, how are they doing it?
0: Well,
4: uh, you know, in the first, um, you first you learn how to do a type, you look a typewriter. They call it a hot and text system, and you just hold finger, 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 and that's what uh, Brady does. He doesn't have to throw it long. As a matter of fact, all he has to do is really execute. It was the same basic plays all season long. Uh, you know, the wide receivers, uh, Edelman is really an MVP type player. And they just march down the field. They make the big defensive plays. They have the experience is what they really have. And I agree with you 100%. He's the best quarterback that ever lived. Uh, And he's smart. Uh, You know, I've never met him personally. But I I hear him being interviewed, and I know people that know him. He's a very bright guy. So he's not one of these football, uh, uh, you know, people who can't make a decision. Grady can make a decision in a matter of seconds, and his decisions are usually right. Uh, And Kansas City doesn't really have um, what I consider to be uh, leading experience. And experience usually wins these big games. So I'm very confident. Now, the Super Bowl is a whole different story, um, and I don't know who's going to get in, but if L.A. gets in, I really think they're going to win it all.
3: Lady, I was really impressed with the running game against the Chargers. Where did that come from?
4: Well, it really came from uh, injured players, and they're playing very hard. You know, I think the answer, the answer to the Patriots really is that they are very confident all the time. And, you know, when you're confident, uh, well, you saw the other day uh, uh, your team losing to the most pathetic team in hockey, right? I mean, whoever would have thought?
2: <laughs> Thanks for reminding Florida me, them, Eddie. Thanks.
4: Yeah, Florida Panthers could beat uh, Toronto, uh, and yet they played so damn hard. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't see the game. i got the game, but uh, one of my people who was in my condo is a huge hockey fan, and and he said that uh, they played as hard. as They looked like they could have won the Stanley Cup, and and I know how pathetic they are, really are. You know, you know, it's really interesting to me. You can't buy a ticket to a Toronto game, but you can walk up to the Florida Panthers and and get and, you know. And say, I'd like a ticket tonight's game. Well, what section would you like to sit in? You no, know, it's, it's just corporate uh, people buying the tickets. Uh, you know, being good citizens, uh, and you know, it's never caught on down here, really.
2: Well, thanks. First of all, Eddie, thanks for uh, rubbing in it a little bit uh, that uh, we got beat by the Panthers. Uh, uh I was actually I was actually at that game and you're right. Uh, we just talked about it on the show. Leafs were pathetic on on Friday night, but it's a long season and uh and uh you know, we we move on from that. But uh go go back to the Pats, Eddie. I just I don't want to belabor it, but um I I thought I thought the defense earlier on in the year was going to be their Achilles heel. Um, but the defense seemed to have stepped up last week. Uh, are, are you noticing uh, you know especially uh, since that uh, uh, unfortunate last play in miami uh, that probably cost the Patriots home field advantage in the playoffs, uh, is the defense uh, is the defense good enough to win today? Uh, add, uh,
4: positively. You know, they make the big play, uh, and they have some underrated players. You know, they had a lot of injuries during the season, um, but now they're healthy, and they're confident, as I said. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, the weather conditions, I think, also favor the Patriots because they've played so many games, and, and, and they've really many games uh, in that kind of weather. And, and come December 1st, the Patriots have been – the best
3: team in football by far the last twenty years. Eddie, uh, the the defense. Stefan Gilmore came from the Buffalo Bills, and he was a um, I would say he was a good player, but not a great player. He looks like a great player with New England. How do they do it? How does Belichick do it? Bring these bring these guys in, and they become stars on the on the Patriots. Yeah. Well, you know.
4: I don't think we can ever judge Belichick uh, his greatness as compared to, like, say, Brady's greatness, because when when he didn't have Brady, you know, he was a so-so coach, got fired by the Cleveland Browns. Um, but I think that uh, Belichick uh, comes up uh, his defensive coordinator, who is now going to be the coach of the Miami team, uh, a young coach, and. He's come along, he gained experience, and in I have to say, the opportunists uh, in Flowers, they have one of the best, uh, I think, uh, uh, charges onto the quarterback that there is in football today, making big play after big play. And I think um, most bookies are going to go on well because to get the Patriots plus three points is really a giveaway.
3: Yeah, some have it at plus three and a half. I was surprised at that, that too.
4: Well, I, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, half, point, half point can be very important.
2: Uh, we're talking to the godfather of sports radio, the uh, the iconic Eddie Andelman. Eddie, I uh, hope you got a little bit of time for us today. We've got a couple of other topics we'd like to canvas with you. Uh, oh, but-
4: you, uh, you guys, I always have a decent uh, your friend to listen to. Um, I was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, uh, just for a a very brief period. And uh, I I called the front desk uh, and asked him, um, how can I listen to uh, and Wally?
2: (laughs) And he said, who?
4: I said, never mind.
2: (laughs) Was, uh, Eddie, we uh, you know when, when we when we catch up next time I'm in Florida I'll tell you I'll tell you how, our, our, how good our ratings are so there's uh, we'll, we'll have that chat but we're not the sports huddle Eddie unfortunately <laughs> we don't we don't we don't light we don't light up the switchboards the way you did back in the early seventies a hundred thousand people calling in at one time truly truly remarkable so uh, Naz and Wally, sports hider we're the we're the little engine that could uh, Eddie we're not the we're not the sports huddle.
4: Oh, stop being so humble, like
2: <laughs> Eddie! It's baseball Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremonies this week. Um, there's there's a couple of uh, players that are obvious, and uh, you know now you know we've got this concept of public ballots and private ballots. So a lot of the a lot of the guys, a lot of the report, all of the. Uh, uh sports guys that do have a vote have, have already made it public and of course there's some that keep it private so we don't but uh from the from the ones that have made it public that's about up to about 60 to 65%. Mariano Rivera's a lock, Roy Halladay's a lock, Edgar Martinez looks like he's a lock. Um then we're starting to talk about uh the Mike Mussinas, but I want to get your uh, judgment on on the two that are polarizing, uh, not because of their on-field performance, but because of their off-field performance. Roger Clemens, who has a significant uh, history in the New England area with the Red Sox, and Barry Bonds, and their numbers are starting to creep up into that 60 to 65 to 70 percent range. Eddie? Should Barry Bonds and should Roger Clemens be in the Baseball Hall of Fame?
4: Positively, without question. Um, you know the sports writers uh, who, who voted uh, uh, you know on the high horse all the time. I know one in particular, for example, who uh, if we talk about citizenship, uh, really is the worst worst I've ever met. And he has to vote, and he's one of these people that I get up there all the time and say, oh, my God, they took this and they took that. We can't vote for them. How do we know what players did in the past? How do we know, for example, about Babe Ruth? How do we know about Ty Cobb? Um, they, we don't know. And uh, the only one that I would definitely not see in the Hall of Fame would be a designated hitter because he's only a half a player. And I would never, I would not, much as I like Big Papi, I could never vote for a player who's only uh, a hockey player. You know, they have all the advantage uh, to hit all the statistics. They can rest between meetings. They can do whatever they want to do. They don't have to worry about their fielding. You know, worrying about fielding, make an error and get up the next time, the chances are, you know, it's it's in your mind. You don't want to strike out. But that's just one man's opinion. Uh, I think that the, the league should either go one way, the major leagues, either no DH, which is which is what I recommend, or have everybody do the DH.
3: Patrick Martinez is a DH, and he is looks like he's going to be elected. So there there's there it is right there. Uh, DH is hey, going to get into the Hall of Fame, right?
4: Well, well look at the hockey Hall of Fame. That's Harry Simbin, right? That's Carl <laughs> Harry. And how embarrassing is that? A man, a man who really never won anything.
2: Oh, I know We could have that debate. Uh, we could have that debate. But I want to get back to the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, Eddie. Um, there's another gentleman that we've talked about uh, that's not even on the ballot and is not permitted to be on the ballot, um, Pete Rose. Um, should he be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Eddie, I want your take. Well, of course
4: he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's almost ridiculous that he's not. Of course, kids in the history of baseball, and he's out of the Hall of Fame. Uh, listen, I used to own a racetrack in Foxville. And if I told you about the players that came <laughs> in debt and, and then borrowed money to debt, and, um, you know, and one of them owned uh horses, and he would be betting on other horses. So, I mean, there's so much ridiculous. It's only to one thing. It should be a performance on the, fail, on the field unless you commit a felony. You know, if you're a murderer or a rapist or a kidnapper, uh, and, and then I can understand keeping them out of the Hall of Fame. But we just don't know enough about what happened. I'll take the case of Roger Clemens. Roger did as much to children, sick children. Uh, and I can I clearly go to the children's hospital. The uh, um, Jimmy promised to kids with cancer. He would run the men's room, He would put on his uniform and then go play with the kids. And he did, and he did it very quietly. Just, it was just by accident somebody discovered it. And so uh, I have to weigh that against the possibility uh, that he was never really convicted of anything and say why isn't he in the Hall
2: of Fame? Uh, we're talking to Eddie Andelman. Eddie, um, I just wanted to go. Yeah, on go ahead, point. please, please. The only, the only Hall of Fame, in my
4: opinion, uh, that is a true Hall of Fame and not one with political uh, overtones, uh, really, would be the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think that most of the voters that I know take it very, very seriously. The vast majority of them, and, and Nick Cafado of the Boston Globe literally spends hours researching to make sure his vote counts. The same for Dan Shaughnessy. I mean, I know them personally, and i talked about the Hall of Fame to them. Uh, And and I think that that they take it really seriously. And I think a lot of people don't take it as serious. It's much more, is this guy good to me? Was he friendly to me? Uh, Was he nice to me? Did he give me tips? You
2: know, give uh, me interviews when I wanted him, to I call him at home? That's sort of nonsense. Uh, Larry, um, uh, Eddie, uh, there's a hometown boy, not hometown Toronto, but Canada, that is probably the greatest Canadian position player in the history of the major leagues. Larry Walker, right. who is making a major, major, major run-up the popularity contest this year. It looks like he's going to hit between 60 to 65 percent. It's his second last year uh, before his 10-year eligibility expires uh, he's he if he goes into the 65 range he'll go up over 25 points this year in one year which is unprecedented uh, in Baseball Hall of Fame voting and it looks like this may be the push to get him over the top next year Canadians we we've got a rooting interest for Larry Walker uh, gave me an opportunity to double check his his career I mean he was a, he was an incredible ball player Uh, Canadians would love to see him in the Baseball Hall of Fame, best position player ever to come out of Canada Uh, Larry uh, Eddie, uh, I know he wasn't in the American League, Montreal Expos Colorado Rockies Uh, any thoughts on Larry Walker
4: well, you're right he definitely should be in uh, the Hall of Fame because he was an all around ball player and an excellent ball player and had all the skills you know uh, if a, de- a DH gets into the Hall of Fame, it's because they can hit. Larry Walker could do everything, I and mean, he was versatile to boot. Um, I, mean, I saw him play many times, and he definitely is a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any question about it. And I'm, I'm not saying it's because I'm on a Canadian station. I'm just—I I always speak from uh, you know, usually firsthand knowledge. And and I have to say that I did see him play. Uh, I was I was really sorry, you know. Baseball should be back in Montreal because it's such a great rivalry between Toronto and Montreal, uh, and the facility that they played in was so poor. And I saw the games there many times. Uh, well, it was a left over Olympic uh, falling down mess. Uh, but uh, Montreal uh, and Valerie Walker I, I really went together like man and
3: eggs. So Eddie, I'm gonna to have to ask you a question, who's gonna be in the Super Bowl final? I, I know you think New England. Who wins between <laughs> LA and New Orleans?
4: Yeah. I, I really think it'll be LA in the Patriots, And that would be a project game. I think that that to favor uh LA. Um, but you know, you never know. This is this is what we're football fans for. It comes down to the bitter end. And and uh I, I would love to see uh, the Patriots win it, and then say to uh, Tom Brady, uh, uh, you know, congratulations. Now, get out of here while you have all your <laughs> models. You know, you have a family, and don't play anymore. You, you know, there's a whole page story in today's Palm uh, Beach Post uh, about Nick Bonacani and, and his uh, paraplegic son Mm -hmm. and and now Nick has CTE disease, and they need 24-hour care. And then going to start thinking about these things, because one of these days, he's going to get blindsided, and who knows what can happen. What else does he have to prove? Mm -hmm. What can he possibly prove? And then I get back, and I think of Willie Mays playing for the Mets with a big fat pouch on his stomach, uh, and and trying to wear glasses because he couldn't see anymore or Joe Lewis being knocked all over the place by Rocky Marciano when Rocky was actually crying, uh, asking, you know, a referee to stop it. And I would not I would not want to see that happen to Tom Brady. You know, he's got all the money in the world, he's got everything going for him. I don't know why he would want to continue to play. My own opinion is that just will leave the Patriots and become the president of some football operation. There's no leg loss between them anymore between them. Uh, the Kraft family and uh, Belichick—you know, they can say whatever they want, but I can tell you
2: that, that uh, there really is no love, love lost. We're talking, Andy, and Andy. We won't keep you much longer, but I want to follow up. I always have to take the opportunity, and when you know, when we when we chat, when I'm uh, down in your area, I uh, always love to pick your brain about some of the greats. Yeah, but I,
4: I, don't, I don't think they are ever going to come again because the Giants to pay.
2: <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Eddie. And we'll we'll uh, we'll settle that one when 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 I wrap up this interview in a in a, in a minute or so. But uh, Eddie, uh, we always get an opportunity. I always love I always love the opportunity to talk to you about some of the interviews you've done, some of the people you've met. Uh, nobody nobody in the sports uh, sports business has as probably chatted with the with the amount of legends that you've chatted with over the years. And, uh, and you tweeted recently the, your five most admired athletes that you had a handshake and a conversation with. Uh, Wilt, of course, Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, well, let,
4: me, te- let, me, let, me, let me just tell you about that. February, she and I went to Hawaii, and we went out to, to a restaurant. Standing in front of this restaurant was this giant human being, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, he decided uh, he wanted to spend a couple of months in Hawaii and he just wanted a job where he could meet people and see people you know he's the exact opposite of Bill Russell who you know was uh, always wanted to be alone and he was charming he really was and i I, and I said to him uh, I remember one game where uh, you know you're looking up at him as so though you're swinging your neck looking up at him and I said well I, I remember one game in Boston." Um, when the Celtics were beating about 20-something points, and at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you just walked to the bench, and he had this wonderful laugh, uh, and he said, yeah, I remember that game, too. I said, Russell was unbelievable, he said. Everything I did, he blocked. Uh, and he said to me, Russell was the only player in basketball history to this day. Every one of his blocks turned out to be an assist. In those days, they didn't have assists. So I I really enjoyed talking to him, and he was an incredible athlete. I don't know how many people remember, but he was also a hurdler. He's
2: a hurdler, track and field. The other guys on your list, uh, I'll ask you to pick out one because we're running a bit short on time, Eddie. Uh, Ted Williams, Muhammad Ali, Bobby Orr, Bo Jackson. Pick one and tell us what made them so special.
4: Well, Ted Williams was a special human being. Uh, not only was he a war hero twice, uh, he flew with John McCain. It was John McCain's uh, wingman. And, of course, even if you look at his autograph, it's perfect. Uh, his penmanship was perfect. Um, Ted was the greatest hitter of all time, without question. And and hitter home run, a lefty hitter home run, a runway block is really a poke. I mean, it's uh, usually uh, uh, from three hundred and fifty to 400 feet. Ted never hit a line drive home on these long, high, majestic uh, balls. And Ted's charity work, uh, I'd say, was the most in the history of the major leagues. I mean, Ted loved children. And he was uh, just, he was such an individual, such a great person. Um, and so I admired him a lot. And, and pretty close to Muhammad Ali, too. Uh, he had this twinkle in his eye, this great sense of humor. Uh, and he went from being hated over the Vietnam War to being one of the most beloved athletes of all time.
2: Uh, We're talking to Eddie Andelman. Eddie... we didn't get a chance today to talk about the the uh, burgeoning uh, uh, burgeoning fight between the Raptors and the Celtics, the, uh, the rivalry that's happening there. The Bruins and the Leafs look like they're going to go at it again. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. So we're going to have to get you back soon, and I'm going to have to... Uh, of course, I owe you lunch because I lost the bet last year because we bet the Bruins and the Leafs in the playoffs, and I lost that one. So I will be down there soon, and I will be uh, thrilled to buy you a lunch your dinner and that would be my pleasure and I want to finish off the show on this note uh, Eddie I'm a little bit disappointed that John Cena hasn't taken up your challenge you've challenged oh. <laughs> up to a death no rules match he's obviously avoiding the Andelman gotcha hold and wow. that match has to be set up because I've, I've already committed to being your manager. I'm going to be in your corner, Eddie. I got, the, I got the special silver dust that I'm going to throw into John Cena's eyes when the ref's not looking. So why is he ducking you, Eddie?
4: Well, because he, he knows the final outcome. John Cena could, in, in truth, John Cena could not be the 10-year-old girl. He's muscle-bound. He's stupid. There's everything I can think of. Uh, and look at his hairstyling. You ever seen him so stupid? He, um, he, he He's lucky. He is a big phony. The challenge is open. Anytime he wants to meet me, I will be happy to meet him in a back alley or on public television. It makes no difference to me. I know the other got you home oh, will kill him. He'll be crying like a little
2: boy. And I'm coming as your manager. I'm going to pull the old Tony Angelo. I'm going to have the little yeah. briefcase. I'm going to have the briefcase in the corner, and I'll be right with you there, Eddie. Uh <laughs> Listen, uh, always. Oh, and since we're talking about wrestling, we we lost uh, we lost uh, an an icon a couple of weeks back. Uh, any any thoughts on Mean Gene Okerlund?
4: Well, you know, he's the guy that should have been doing the Super Bowl and the World Series, the greatest announcer, most versatile announcer ever. And I miss Mean Gene a lot. I, you know the uh, the car- the characters that are developed by the McMahon family. Uh, 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 just wonderful entertainment. Uh, When is the WrestleMania going to come up to uh, Toronto? Because I'll go up there for that.
2: Well, I'm going to have to look into it because uh, I, I, if it's coming up and you're coming up, we're we're gonna we're gonna do a home and home, uh, Eddie uh, West Palm and Toronto. Anyways, on that note, Eddie, unfortunately, I got to let you go. Like I said, uh, I'll be calling you in the next uh, next few weeks. We'll be getting together, and it's always always a pleasure uh, catching up with you and. Uh, and uh, I'm sure before the end of the year, we'll we'll be going toe-to-toe, Raptors, Celtics, Leafs, Bruins. Keep well, my friend. All right.
4: Thanks fellas. a lot. I always enjoy
2: talking with you. Uh, it, we, uh, it's, it's our pleasure. Thanks so much, Eddie. All the best. Bye. Of course, the uh, legend... Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> John he really Cena. was He really was, you know... Uh, you know, Eddie. Uh, Eddie's uh, he's getting on in years. He's still uh, still uh, still doing great. Still uh, still healthy. Still loves sports and uh, tweets up a storm. And a character. And when when I when I say he uh, the sports huddle in Boston in uh, in the seventies, that was the old days. You, you'd he had a three hour show on Sunday nights. Um, on, on Boston WBZ, radio, WBZ, right? where actually, it was what they used, to, what they called the the, the cannons, the 50,000 watt clear channels that they broadcast over half of North America. I used to sit in, uh, sit in my uh, basement with the, remember the old rabbit ears on the yeah. AM radios, Naz, yeah. and I used to pick up the signal, listen to Eddie, uh, tried to call in a few times, but he used to get 100,000 people call in on it. He was that, po- it was him and, I uh, can't remember the name of the other guys, uh, uh, Mark Atkin, and I got to look it up because there was, there was three of them and it was an absolute, it was so much fun listening to, to, to those guys and he and he did it as a career, you know, and did it for years and years and years and uh, a legend in in uh, New England uh, and American Sports Talk Radio. Anyways, we've got to go to break, and uh, we'll be back. We've got about four or five minutes left. Let's talk a little bit of golf, Nas. We'll be right
0: back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the gourmet special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy.
1: Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian.
0: At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive. We'll likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests.
1: You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We've got a few minutes left, Naz. uh, This could be a very interesting day in Canadian golf. Why don't you uh, paint the picture for us, Naz? This could
3: be the first time that an LPGA and a PGA winner in the same weekend are going to be Canadian. Adam Hadwin is two shots away from Phil Mickelson. And Brooke Henderson is one shot away from the leaders in the LPGA tournament. So it could happen that uh, Henderson and Hadwin could win win
2: championships today. That would certainly be a remarkable... Uh, and it could happen. really it could. could. It could. You know, Adams, he's two he's two shots back of uh, Phil the Thrill, who shot, I believe he shot a 60 the other day. And he shot 60. Down there. They're playing down in the desert. Uh, um uh, Arizona. So uh, it's nice to see Phil, uh, you know, playing well. I mean, I, I guess to a certain extent, Phil and Tiger still, you know, when they're uh, when they're uh, when they're going at it, uh, people still take notice. Uh, although there are, you know, the, the the amount of talent, the young talent uh, on the tour nowadays is just absolutely phenomenal. And the way they can uh, hit a golf ball, but uh, Phil and Tiger, I guess, for uh, 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 bring a certain charisma to uh, to, uh, to to the golf course that uh, perhaps some of the younger guys still yet haven't achieved that level. I mean, you remember the last tournament last year? Uh, remember the one where Tiger finally broke through and won? And uh, the fans went absolutely nuts. Remember when they crowded the fairways and they were running up in behind them? And uh, you know, if Phil uh, Phil's in the hunt today, uh, the fans are going to be going crazy uh, if he's doing well. But Canadian golf fans, Adam Hadwin, uh, we wish him all the best of luck. And of course, there's Brooke Henderson, who's one shot back, uh, who is I would think unquestionably Canada's greatest golfer right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, significant achievements. Um, I was uh, I was pulling for her to win the Lou Marsh Award last year. I believe she finished second. And uh, uh, I thought she had a remarkable—and uh, she won the Canadian Open last year for the first time. The Canadians won that in a long, long time. I
3: watched Edwin yesterday. He could have shot 60 himself. He was Tita Green, the best golfer on the course yep. yesterday. And he was
2: that good. So, so you never know. So we certainly wish uh, wish our Canadian uh, golfers Adam Hadwin and Brooke Henderson. Uh, and look
3: at Milos Milos Raonic. He's, he's at the Australian position, Open. He's in the best position ever because his his game is really yeah. there, and he could win it. And Fed- win Federer
2: it. got upset last night. Yeah, so he could uh, win he's it. Out of the tournament. Yeah, so uh, certainly some interesting things happening in uh, sports that Canada hasn't necessarily dominated in uh, tennis and golf, and. Uh, uh, we wish uh, we wish all our uh, Canadian participants the best of luck. Uh, certainly, love to see them uh, uh, achieve some some victories there. Now, as a few minutes left, I want to go back to the uh, to the uh, baseball Hall of Fame discussion. Uh, we had an opportunity to speak to Eddie Andelman about uh, uh, about some controversial topics. Of I mean, the first one was Larry Walker, and uh, Larry Walker's never really attracted significant attention until this year. And then you look, you look at you look at some of his numbers and you say to yourself, what happened? Why has he never attracted You know, uh, you know why? five-time All-Star, National League MVP, 1997, seven-times Gold Glove champion, three-times Major League batting champion, home run leader. He can field, he can he can uh, hit for average. He can hit for power. He can steal bases. He's the complete ball player. Okay. There's, there's uh, the play- negative part, I, I get the part about never played on a championship. It's got no wow. playoff stats and all that. And then they use this argument about. Argument. Then they use the Rocky argument that you know you know it's uh, the air's thinner there. The The reason
3: why is because Tim Raines went through the same thing. It's because he played with the Montreal Expos and the Colorado Rockies. That's why he's not in by now. Because if he was playing for the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox, he would have been in. And that's a fact. That's what I believe in. I don't care what anybody says. That's what I believe in.
2: Uh, I think you make a very good point, Ness. Um, Yeah, because, you know, I... Be honest with you. I, you know, the last three or four days, I, you know, got an opportunity to look up Larry's numbers, and I'm said like, I get the part. Maybe he wasn't an automatic Hall of Fame, but to, up until this year, to only garner twenty percent based on these numbers. I think if you're an MVP in a league, uh, or you're a three time major league major league batting champion, three times. Um, you you've got to get consideration. You've got to be right on the threshold. I, I, I can't see – I mean, it's it, – you know, I, I guess the other criticism of Larry – I mean, these are criticisms if you want to make up criticisms. But, you know, they use this coarse Field, Colorado, Rocky, thin air nonsense. And but he
3: won a batting title. He yeah. plays in other parks other than Colorado. Exactly. And he played in Montreal, right, where yeah. he was – I think he won a batting title in Montreal. So why – why? I, it's uh, anyways, because of where he played. We'll find That's out.
2: Sure. We'll find out what the final numbers are this week. Anyways, our time has come to an end. Uh, to all our uh, listeners, please drive safely. The conditions when we came in were pretty bad. Have a safe and fantastic week.
3: Chiefs Rams Super Bowl.